0: Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg.
1: Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines are open at 315-437-7644. Duke was held below 70 points. You want to take a guess how many times? I just looked it up. How many times was Duke held below 70 points this season? I
2: know the Virginia game they were. Yep. I know the Syracuse game they were. Yep. I'll say one other time. So three.
1: Okay. Two other times. Carolina held them to 69, uh, and Virginia Tech held them to 63. Okay. Um, So four times. I was going to guess one
2: of the Carolina games they were held. Yeah. Four
1: times it's happened. The 60 against Syracuse was a season low. Uh, The other three came in losses. Yeah. You know, we we had this discussion, I don't know, maybe, what, two months ago, right around the time ACC play started up, about whether or not this was sustainable to have three guys score and score a bulk of your points and then rely on defense and rebounding uh, to get the job done. I I came across this stat yesterday. Uh, ESPN had this stat. Since World War II, okay, There are four other teams that won their first three games in the NCAA tournament by scoring 60 points or fewer. The last team to do it was 1985. It was Villanova. Won the national title. That team did well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 81 before that, St. Joseph's lost in the Elite Eight. And then the the two prior, um, 47, Holy Cross 1946 oh, like those like Oklahoma barely state count. yeah right they barely count <laughs> That's barely so, count so that, that's kind of my point is that I'll, I'm gonna circle back is this sustainable <laughs> No. can you can you win a couple more games scoring 60 points or less and just relying on defense and rebounding listen they've done it so far if you told me that they were only going to score 60 against Michigan State I would have told you they're not going to win if you um, told
2: me they were going to score 160 combined points, they were going to struggle to score 160 combined points over 3 games, I would have laughed at you and said there's no way they got to that third game and there's no chance they won the won the third.
1: So like I I get it. Like you you can you can get by Arizona State and TCU and we saw it. How you do that if you don't score a lot of points? We saw that it's possible to score 55 against Michigan State and win that that's what surprised me because Michigan State is an elite team. If they're gonna win a couple more games here, they're gonna be against the lead teams. I mean it's Duke next, it's probably Kansas after that, if they somehow get by Duke. They can't score sixty or less and win those games, can they?
2: No, I don't I don't think they can. Uh look, I, I didn't think it was sustainable in January, and I think that even though they made the NCAA tournament, I think that we kind of saw that it it really wasn't sustainable. You know? Like it it really wasn't. Like they 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 scratched and clawed to get to twenty wins. They they scratched and clawed to be the last team in on the NCAA tournament uh, field. They you know they they struggled when Boston College went and and hit a couple of shots. So I, I think that we kind of saw that it it isn't really sustainable, right? Like you can do it in short spurts. You can do it over a week. But like if you play somebody who can make the shots over your zone. Right, and this is kind of the point I made about Michigan State last segment, but if Michigan State were merely bad from three rather than one of the worst three-point shooting performances I've ever seen, then they win that game. You know, Boston College, they hit their threes. They won that game. You know, UNC was able to exploit your defense. They were able to win, And, and I think at some point... And we've been saying this all season, and so there's no reason to think that it's going to change. But at some point, you have to score the ball also, right? Like, at, at some point, you have to be able to match the other team bucket for bucket, point for point. Um, they've been able to this last week because they've held the other teams down defensively.
1: And that's that's kind of my point. You know, you look at those other four teams I just rattled off. You know, Villanova in 85, St. Joseph's 81, obviously Holy Cross and and Oklahoma State. That was prior to the shot clock. Nova was the year before the shot clock was introduced. This has never happened before in the shot clock era, where a team wins its first three NCAA tournament games scoring 60 points or less. And my point is, against Duke, you're going to have to score score more than 60. And I know you held the Blue Devils to 60 the first time at Cameron. Um, I don't know as if you're going to be able to duplicate that. So in order for Syracuse to win this game, it's going to, I think, 65, 70 points. I mean, you still obviously yeah, want to no, play you, the game in the 60s. Um, you want to play the game. You don't want it to be a track meet, but you're, they're going to have to score score more than 60 to win this Steve, game. Steve, you want to play the
2: game at the pace that you played it last yes. week. Uh, like that, that is the pace that you want to play this Even game Even the at. first Duke game. That's And that's what I was going right. to say. You, you played the game at the right pace in that game, but you couldn't score. And... Like, yeah, you held them down, but guess what? Tyus Battle didn't have a great game, and, and he had struggled leading up to the second half of that game on Sunday. You know, Frank Howard got to play better. O'Shea Brissett has to continue playing well. Uh, like, you need this offense to come alive. You need Marek Dolezal. We talked about this yesterday. You need him when he gets that look right inside the free throw line and Marvin Bagley is three feet off him because he's not worried that he's going to shoot. He's got to shoot. And he didn't do that in Cameron. Can he do that tomorrow? Can Pascal Chuku catch and convert on
1: one or two plays? You he, need that. He was afraid to shoot. Merrick was afraid to shoot down there at Cameron. Yep. He's a different player now. You look at the Wake Forest game down in Brooklyn. You look at the TCU game. He is a different player. He's going to have to step up, and that's a great point by you. Uh, we talked about with Jerry McNamara earlier today as well that that Merrick could be a difference maker in this game because he was he was non-existent virtually in that first game down at Cameron. He is a different player now. And look, he did
2: it. In, he did it on Sunday, right? He took three shots, but when were they? They were in the first five minutes of the game, and so at least you're then making yourself a threat for the next 35. If you don't shoot again, it doesn't matter. But when you get the ball, the defense is going to come to you.
1: All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Kevin kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, hey Kevin. Guys.
2: Um, I got something fun I've been thinking
0: about. I want to run past you. Um, so we lost to Kansas in, during the regular season. We lost to Duke during the regular season. Somehow or another, the basketball gods were watching over us and we made this tournament they played three teams that they haven't seen all season and somehow have survived to advance. What goes to my mind immediately is, okay, now we get another shot at Duke. We didn't play well the first time. We get another chance to play better and maybe pull out this win. Redemption. If we happen to get past Duke, good chance we're going to see Kansas. Redemption again. I think, it's, I think it's like you were saying, Steve, the drama of what – what can happen at the end of the year uh, of how this team has the possibility to um, get that redemption from earlier in the year. And, um, it's a revenge tour. That set, pardon me? It's
2: a revenge tour coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's going to make, make – yeah. I think they're going to get fired up. We know they can score. We've seen it. They don't do it on a regular basis. But it's coming. It's got. I think. I think they're going to pick it up. Hopefully, they pick it up on Friday and they get this a chance to uh, uh, see Kansas again. And um, I can just. I can just see it happening. I hope it goes through. I know. I'm. I know. I'm dreaming a little bit, but that's the fan in me, I guess. Um, and then, real quick, um, I have a question. Um, I've heard a lot of talk about blue buds. Blue bloods lately. And I don't quite understand what that means. And are we
2: a blue blood?
1: Well, that's an interesting that question. That is an interesting question. That's Kevin. a que-
2: Is that a question for next week after Syracuse is. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. After Syracuse is knocked out of the tournament? You didn't have to put a time frame on it. You don't say <laughs> next week. You say
1: when Syracuse is not – or when the season is when over. When the season we can is over, that. is this a larger discussion? Because yes. I think that's an interesting it's discussion. A good, good question. Um,. Duke is certainly in that group in, you know, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, Kentucky, UNC. Right. Um
2: UCLA, although they're not strong now, is typically thought of as one. Right? But that's really going back 40 years to Wooden.
1: You know, I don't know if it's because I've, you know, I grew up here and I've been covering this team for a long I, I you know, my my knee jerk is yes, I think Syracuse so is a blue blood um, Now I don't know if the people in Lexington or Raleigh Durham are going to take exception with that, but yeah, I think Syracuse is a blue blood.
2: I tend to think so too and I did, I didn't grow up here like I, I but I, I I think of uh, here's what I think of when I think blue blood. is it one of like the first 10 basketball programs you would say yeah like if you if you found the college basketball fan out there, is this one of like the first ten programs they would say? Duke, Carolina, Kentucky. Yeah. Kansas. Syracuse. They're in that conversation for that top 10, right? Like yeah. like I th- I think that when you're talking and and I think that when you're talking about the top of the top programs, you're you're thinking typically of the history here in this program.
1: Yes. Um, um. All right, let's get another phone call, and we can get back to that. And, yes, I think whenever the season is over, uh, we can get back to that topic. Good question, though, from Kevin. Uh, Scooter in Jamesville up next on Origination. Hey, Scooter.
3: Hey, guys. I remember me a couple months ago when Virginia kind of rose to the top, and I remember the conversation we had, and I said, well, if Virginia's the one seed, then anything can happen in the tournament. And I didn't even mention it, I said maybe even the 16th seed could knock off somebody because it just needs parity. And I, I had I had the right team lose and I figured Virginia had the shot the way they style of play. I would I I I would pick the team to beat them. I was kind of hoping maybe a Bucknell or a Pennsylvania would have matched up and I was taking a shot against them in my bracket cuz I got, I got Kentucky coming out of the you know coming out of there anyway. So theoretically I I you know, I didn't think Virginia was going to go to the final four anyway. But this is this tournament you know reminds me what if if you watch college basketball and not just the ACC, you watch nationally. This tournament should not surprise you. Because it is all parity. If you give the mid-majors a shot in a neutral court with neutral referees, they can, they can compete. I mean, everybody's going complain that Marshall knocked off Middle Tennessee. Well, guess what? They won a game in this tournament. I am sure Middle Tennessee is shaking their head going, that could be us. Yeah. And there's other teams from mid-majors that are thinking the same thing. Now, Loyola would have been the test case. I mentioned that. Seth, I said if Loyola yeah. didn't win their conference title, would they still have been a large team? I don't think they would have. Yeah, but they could. You know, if you watch them, you know, you've watched them in the regular season. You know, there's nothing wrong with that team physically, athletically. I mean, they they should be there. So, this, so the, so, basically, the tournament's done with. A, I thought it was pretty. Uh, you know, what happens is when you have the underachievers like Kentucky and Duke, that don't play well the whole year, and all of a sudden they're playing up to their NBA, uh, you know, uh, talent, you know, the, the one C type of talent. You know, Carolina does not surprise me. Remember, they have like 10 or 11, 10, 10 or 11 losses. The one was for the Wolford at home. So, you know, if if you're a two seed with 11 losses, you know, the parity you know, shows it right there that the ones in the twos weren't that strong and in the in the lower seeds are just as good as maybe the one in the two seeds.
2: Yeah, I think we saw that all year, didn't we? I mean, we saw all year that the teams at the top weren't great, weren't separating themselves as much as maybe they had in years past.
1: True. Tournament is playing that out. And I'm not shocked that Virginia didn't make the Final Four. We talked about this when the brackets were out. I said, wow, you know, Virginia's got a tough path. Yeah. Um, I am shocked that they were the first to lose Me to a too. 60. That team and, and the way in which it happened, we discussed that yesterday. The fact they lost by 20, um, that blows Shocking. my mind. Uh, yeah. But that was a, obviously a very bad day at the office, and that can happen uh, in this tournament. We need to take another timeout 315, 437, 76, 44. O'Shea set coming up in about 25 minutes. Keep it here. We'll be right back. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonti and Seth Goldberg. Syracuse and Duke in the Sweet 16 Friday night. The NCAA tournament rolls on today, though, in Division Two, Our good friend Patrick Beeline and the LeMoyne Dolphins about set to uh, to take the court. 1 o'clock tip, 1 o'clock Eastern time out in South Dakota. It's the National Quarterfinals. LeMoyne taking on West Texas A&M University at 1 o'clock. We'll have uh, highlights from that game tonight on News Channel 9. Best of luck to, uh, to Coach Beeline and the to, Dolphins. You
2: didn't go to Sioux Falls?
1: We did not. It's a long trip. It's an it expensive trip. trip. It
2: is. I remember this from when the women went out there yes. a couple years ago. That is a long and expensive trip. Very, very expensive for a student radio station to try and pay for, which is what I was trying to figure out at the time.
1: I did hear that the uh, the student television station uh, up at Syracuse they are driving to yes. Omaha, yes. Nebraska. That is how they. That yep. is uh that is not going to be an easy trip. No. I feel bad almost almost feel bad complaining about driving <laughs> to Dayton and Detroit. That was not fun. Uh Omaha I, I can't even imagine. I hope How they've far already do you think left. That is? Um 20 hours? Somebody told Yeah, I, I was saw gonna say, 10.
2: I, th- I saw 10 from Detroit.
1: Yeah, somebody told me that it was about it was almost a full day. So wow. I I hope they've already left and I I hope they uh they stay safe driving out there. To get back to this this blue bloods discussion. I do think it's something we should bring up after the season wraps up. Um, but this is kind of an offshoot of that. And I saw a couple people talking about this on Twitter, and I think it's a good point. Why is it that with SU's 2 3 zone, you know, people take a shot at the orange? Yeah. And Coach K does it this year, and it's brilliant. Because he, you know he's playing to his personnel and it changed the season around, and the team was so bad defensively early on. And he goes to this two-three zone and brilliant coaching move, and now they're going to win a national I have, title. I have a really simple answer for you. Because it's Coach K, and not Jim Behan. Uh, yeah, but I, it's not what I was going to go with. Okay.
2: Uh, they have Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter and Grayson Allen. Does it matter and though? The, d- d- but does the- no. But and the ball goes through the hoop every once in a while for them. That's what it is. That's what it is, right? Because if you play defense and you hold a team in the 60s but you're scoring in the 80s, nobody's going to care that it's this slow, plodding no. pace on one side of the court. I really think that's it. The problem with Syracuse, and the reason why it's terrible watching this Syracuse basketball team, is not because of their defense. I think their defense is incredible to watch, and you see what they did you know, Sunday against a really good offensive team, and they held them down. And they locked them down. The problem is that they can't match that with anything offensively, and you get
1: stuck with like the UMBC K State game where neither team reached fifty. I, I don't think that's the number one reason, um, and the reason I say that. Think about and, and somebody else brought up and because this people don't on like Twitter. Jim Bailey. well, right. Hyatt. Other people brought this up uh, on social media as well, and I think it's a good point. If this was an eleven seed by the name of St. Mary's. Middle Tennessee State, you know Belmont, and they were doing this, and I I realized you know Belmont plays fast. Middle Tennessee State plays. I'm saying the school though. Insert like mid major that that has a track record of winning games. If this was one of those teams and they were scoring 55 to 60 points and they made it to the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed and they beat Michigan State, it would be like amazing story. And look at the defense that they're playing, and it's you know they're they're fighting away and. And it's, people are annoyed yeah. around the country that it's Syracuse. Well, and, because and people don't think Syracuse so. I don't should think, get in. And, I don't think it's about Marvin Bagley and Grayson Allen. I think it's the name on the front of the jersey. I think it's the name on the front of the jersey. And it's, it's, the, and the, it's of the, the leader of, that, of the program.
2: That's more so what I think it is. More than just the name of, on the front of the program. I do think the offense plays a big role because... When you do it on both ends of the court, and when you're so good that you're stifling a team on one end, and then you're stifling yourself on the other, uh, like I, I think it just makes for a terrible combination. But I, I think a lot of this is about the guy at the top. Yes, right. And and people were so happy around the country to see Jim Bayheim got caught. Right? How happy were people three years ago to see hey Jim Bayheim and Syracuse got caught, and then he's going to retire. Awesome. Good riddance. Right, that that was I think that was the feeling in most places around the country, and uh, they hate that over these three years he's taken a team that was on and off and struggled and won a couple of big games and then took them and went to a final four as a ten seed. Hates that he took this team that doesn't really have anything overly standout ish, but nothing terrible on their resume, and they were just kind of there all season long, and has taken them now to a Sweet Sixteen. I think that people don't like him. And want
1: to see Jim Beheim lose when Wisconsin was really good and made a run. It was that that defense and that the system and and Virginia the same thing. It's you know the, the pack line defense and and Tony Bennett uh, is brilliant. Um, and, and for whatever reason, and I think we know the reason. We're discussing the reasons for whatever reason. Um, it's people are annoyed with with Syracuse and the defense. And um, you know what? That's fine. And and th- these players. They've got a chip on their shoulder, um, and and again, that's not the reason they're winning these games. They're winning these games for themselves, and they're going out and they're playing with a lot of heart, and they're just they're, they're doing what the coaches tell them. Um, but it probably doesn't hurt to go out there with a little bit of chip on your shoulder, and I, I think that they uh, they absolutely do, and and for good reason. Duke does it, and it's uh, it's a brilliant coaching move by Coach K. Jim Boeheim does it, and uh, and people are annoyed um, that Syracuse is moving on with defense, but uh, too bad, right? <laughs> that's going to be the matchup we get uh, Friday night. Out in Omaha, Nebraska. We do need to take another time out. We've got O'Shea Berset set to join us here in about 15 minutes. We'll wrap up hour number one right after this on ESPN Radio.
0: Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation.
1: It's brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. We'll get to today's business in a moment, but back to the phone lines we go. Dave in Syracuse next up on Orange Nation. Hey, Dave.
4: Hey, guys. Uh, I guess I'm really just calling to profess my man crush on O'Shea Brissett. I I think he is is great. Uh, He is such a beast on the court, yet he's a soft-spoken, nice kid. Um, Guys, do you remember seeing a picture? I think right after he committed to Syracuse, there's a picture of him taking with Carmelo Anthony. I think it was at a Raptors game. And and it shows them after the game that Carmelo was standing with him. He had a picture taken.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think I remember it, yeah. From that time until now,
4: this kid's shoulders have grown to twice their size. I mean, he has become so strong in just one year here at Syracuse. The one thing I'm so hoping he comes back for one more year, although I know the way it is now, and he's probably gone because he does have that NBA body. I don't quite see the skill of being able to create his own shot yet. Even though he's getting better ball handling, He's certainly a good shooter when he's he as a spot-up shooter. I don't see the highest battle ability to to create the space with a guy right on him to get his own shot off, and that is the only thing I don't see in his game right now that would that would go to the next level. But that doesn't mean he can't go and develop it there.
1: Yeah, appreciate you checking in, Dave. We actually called up the picture, uh, and you're right. Uh, he looks a lot different in that picture, and that was just a year ago uh, than he looks now. But what a season O'Shea Brissett has had. Uh, as for the NBA, I think he's certainly got the NBA body. Um, his skill right now is you know, he, he can put the ball on the floor, he can get to the basket, he can rebound. Yes, he's got to work on his outside shot, and I think that that will come, obviously, with, with more reps in practice. To his point about you know, he's a humble kid. We said this at the beginning of season, Seth, that this team was gonna be easy to root for. The the three stars on this team are all humble kids. I mean, Tyus Battle is about as humble yeah. as as they come and, and you know, he's a, a star on this team. Frank Howard a humble kid and, and O'Shea certainly fits that bill as well. I mean, on down the list. Merrick. I mean it's it is an easy team to root for. The way they play and the way they just go about their business and the way that, that they yeah, you know, they just don't have egos. You know, it, it sounds like a cliche, but it's true with this team, they check their egos at the door.
2: Yeah, no, they, they absolutely do. And, that, and I think that's part of what plays into uh, why this team is easy to root for, why this team is, is you know, fun for Syracuse fans to watch.
1: All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Christian in Syracuse next up on Orange Nation. Hey, Christian.
2: Hey, hi.
4: Look, uh, you know, watching the games and uh, CBS uh, sportscasters were confused about the Syracuse zone. I, I have an answer to that. The Syracuse zone is a flex zone, and give me credit for that. The flex is a two-three or a three-two and a man-to-man. It does all of us.
2: Yeah, I, I think you got. I, I think you got. You're onto something there. I, I think we talked about this yesterday, right? You mentioned umbrella. Yes. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I said it's kind of an amoeba. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there, there's something to that. It flexes, it moves between things. We it it, it is everything and nothing, right? And it, and it
1: isn't just a two three or a three two. It's whatever it has to be exactly for for a given opponent. If you put four shooters on the outside, it's that umbrella that we right. talked about yesterday. Um, you know, and and yes, they don't play it like a typical two three. So it's you just want to call it a zone from yeah. as you zone because that's what it is. Should I rehit the Today's Business Open? Uh, you can if you want. Our take on the day's top stories. Think people forgot? It's today's I don't know. business Maybe. on Orange Nation. Should I remind people again that it's, it's brought to you by business. Grossman St. Amore CPAs? So you can. No Max Burgandy. Uh, he's out this week, uh, but we are pleased to be joined by Matt St. Jean. Uh, Matt, what's going on today?
5: What's happening? Thanks for having me on. I uh, yeah. appreciate it. I'm going to try to fill Max's big shoes right now.
1: All right. We may not ask Max back, depending on how this goes today. So no pressure, Matt. What do you have for us?
5: All right, first up, we're going to stay in college basketball. URI's Dan Hurley is interviewing with UConn and Pitt, both Syracuse rivals. Which job would you guys rather have?
2: This is a really good question. Um, My gut would tell me the Pitt job, because it's a Power 5 job. I don't know that the UConn job is better than the Rhode Island job right now. I really don't.
1: Right? I mean, you are not going to get a disagreement from me. I said both this out five years ago. Five schools. Ago. I said this five years ago that eventually, and sooner rather than later, in my opinion, UConn is not going to be relevant. Um, if you were going to leave Rhode Island for one of those two jobs, to me, it's a no-brainer. It would have to be Pittsburgh because you're in the ACC and it's a Power Five school. Um, now, of those three. Rhode Island was the best program this year and he's got a good thing going there. So if you're Danny Hurley, do you wait one more year, make it to the tournament again, you know, win twenty five games and then go to a better job than Pitt and UConn? I mean, his patience may pay off.
2: Um But see, and here's the question. I don't know what else is gonna open. Like like what would you I mean?
1: Did you I, know I Pitt was going to go winless no, in the ACC? No, and did you but think you know Kevin Ollie would be out this quickly?
2: No, at I, I didn't, and you know, and, and I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, do you think if Rick Rick wait, Patino? Would, well, well, I'm, well, I'm Steve, sorry, to keep I, interrupting. Yeah. you, but I, how many do you want me to list? <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, what if David Page Like, don't you wait the week or yes. two weeks because what so. if they don't hire David Pageant? What if, what if Arizona decides to get rid of Sean Miller? Like, what if more dominoes fall here? Like, I don't know that you rush into this. And I saw a tweet yesterday that Danny Hurley is going to be the UConn coach, and, and I was surprised by that because I, I just said to myself, like, I don't know that I
1: would leave Rhode Island for that job. I don't think I would either, and that was the question. Yeah, I would, I would wait. I would – again, I'm not in Danny Hurley's shoes. Um, I don't love either of those jobs, right. but if I had to pick between the two – I would lean toward Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah. Because it's a power
1: five school. Exactly.
2: But paycheck is bigger.
1: You know, if he waits a little longer, even if he waits another year, I don't know how antsy he is to get out of Rhode Island, but if he waits another year and has success again, he could probably find a better job than those two. I tend to agree. All right. What else you got, Matt?
5: All right. In the tournament, no teams out of the tournament. We're sticking with teams in the tournament. Purdue the students are banding together the sports medicine department and the medic- mechanical engineering program are teaming up to design a brace for Isaac Haas what do you guys think of that
2: i love this uh when the when the the story came out over the weekend it quickly went and i was amazed at how quickly this went out for the season maybe he'll try and give it a shot game time decision in in the span of 36 hours. That's what it was. Um, and I, I thought this story was incredible. Um, ultimately, he was not allowed to play. He, he wasn't able to play because the brace that he was using was not allowed by the NCAA. So I was curious uh, if they would be able to find a brace that might work in the NCAA's ruling. Uh, if they can, that would be awesome. Like, what an incredible story. Senior player, four-year star, uh, you know, at Purdue, and his final year, they're supposed to go to the Final Four. They're supposed to be this really good team and he breaks his elbow, and you think all is lost, and then he comes back with this mechanical bionic arm and dunks on people and blocks shots.
1: It would be a great story. You obviously feel bad for the kid, everything you just laid out there. For his career, most likely to end that way, and even if he... Somehow plays and is allowed to enter the game. He's he's not going to be the same. I don't know how effective he would be. I respect the fact that he's trying to play. And and again, who could blame him? You know, being a senior and and you know as good as they are, and he wants to be a part of it. And um, you know, you feel bad for the kid. But even if he is allowed to play, I guess the more realistic side of this story is that. He's probably not gonna make much of an impact.
2: And because he was out, it led to Matt Harms getting more playing time and everybody got to see his fantastic hair and lack of gel. I mean you well, not everybody. You didn't see this,
1: probably. No. Well I was actually fo-
2: no, it was it was at it was at your site.
1: Yes, but I was I was very much focused on other things. Oh, okay. So Well
2: CBS every time every time
1: Yeah, I did not watch the Every telecast time the game. play
2: stopped, he would go and try and scoop his hair up because it kept falling in his face. So there's like a super cut of him after every free throw, after every miss, like scooping his hair up and trying to fix his hair uh, because he just has like this very stylish, stylistic hair. I don't know. He it must compared, take a long time.
5: He got compared to Kaniki from Greece. I did see that. I think that was... Uh, you
1: did see Greece? I, yes, I've seen Greece. Or you Greece. saw the comparison? Both. Okay.
5: I was actually Greece. kind
1: of nervous that you don't know. The, 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 the you don't know. Going to be lost Seth doesn't Seth. know movies. You don't know. Seth the movies doesn't know movies. And, like he's seen like five movies. Name it just mo- happens. that Grease was on the list. Name a
3: movie.
5: Uh, I mean, we. I've already documented this with Brent. The Star
1: Wars saga.
2: I've only seen the first one, like the original. Number four. Yeah.
1: It's it's amazing that he. I mean, he's literally seen like five movies. It just happens that the grease was on the list.
5: You just you just witnessed my my brain being blown. That like <laughs> yes. that awkward silence was my my mind blowing at at Seth. All right, next up, Penny Hardaway introduced as the next Memphis Tigers head coach, buying Memphis coming back to relevancy in the NCAA. I
2: think they. are uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I think they've got the resources. They're in a major city. They're in a. Uh, not a power conference, but I do think that the American is the next of all the others. Um, yeah, like I think they can come back. This the 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 thing about this hiring though is like something rubs me the wrong way here. Like something something feels off here to to go and and get rid of Tubby Smith and, and look. You can get rid of Tubby Smith. I'd have no problem with that. But to then go and after two years get rid of him and hire somebody who's never coached at the collegiate level and his his best experience is coaching AAU ball and he's going to you know go coach your college team, I, something feels off here, doesn't it? I know he's an alum. I know he's a, a prominent player in that area. Something feels
1: off. Well, I think it's the flashy hire, right? I mean it's it's to bring the guy back that, that makes you relevant again to it, like on a national stage. It's and, a nostalgia play. Yeah. And you know, it's like hiring Patrick Ewing, is it not? I mean it's is like it not Chris back. Mullen? Is it not the same thing? You go to well, you go with, it's much more like Mullen than Ewing. At least Ewing was an a was an assisting
2: coach somewhere for a decade.
1: I'm saying in terms of like the name Cachet, like you're going sure. for the home run, you're hoping that it, it works out. I don't know if it's something smells fishy with it. I think it's just maybe it's a stretch. It's you know, you're crossing your fingers, it works out. You don't know that it's gonna work out, but does it might l- work out great. Does, does Little
2: Penny come back?
1: Oh, I loved Little Penny.
2: <laughs> that, that was before your time. How do you even know about Little Penny? How do I know about Little Penny? It's like a internet sensation That's Tyra Banks fool. <laughs> See, I, my voice can't do it.
5: My voice can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think on that note, we're we're moving on to the next next next, next segment <laughs> yeah. here. So, taking a little wind out of the sails of the XFL announcement, the Alliance of American Football League just announced that they're going to be starting in 2019 on February 9th, the week after yes. the Super Bowl, being started by Charlie Ebersol, of course, the son of great Dick Ebersol, who is a partner of Vince McMahon.
2: Yeah, the more interesting part of that is that Charlie Ebersole made the XFL documentary that aired not even a year ago on ESPN that like got everybody interested in bringing the XFL back. So how many hours do you think he spent talking to Vince McMahon? And I heard the guys on the Levitard Show talking about this. Like, He took their idea and then did it on his own and undercut them and said, we're going to start 12 months before you. He's Zuckerberg though. It's amazing.
1: Yes, and we know what went wrong, so we'll fix it. I, right. I, I, I'm skeptical about this. I am very I, skeptical. I don't think you know these secondary leagues are going to work. Um, I don't know. Is the Arena Football League is that a success? I don't know if you would consider it a success.
2: Look, I'm, I'm skeptical not because of the gimmicks. Like I actually find some of the stuff they're doing interesting. No extra points. No kickoffs. No onside kicks. If you want an onside kick, uh, you get it fourth and ten at your own thirty-five. Like I find some of these things really interesting. My thing is, and my issue will always be, I don't think there are enough good football players to right. do this. Like, I, I just don't. And, you know, unless you're going to be like the USFL and start bidding and taking players away, like, if they're going to go and they're going to take Saquon Barkley away from the NFL and say, hey, we'll pay you more than they're allowed to, come headline our league, okay. How many guys then, can
1: you do that with, but, though?
2: But what did the USFL do? I mean, they got Steve Young and Jim Kelly and and Herschel Walker, and, you know, how many guys did they have? So, I think that there's... Didn't have lasting power, though. Well, that's because of... Staying manag- power? That's because of management problems when they, ill with an ill-advised move to the fall. Not because they they did anything wrong, necessarily, they, other than that move. They didn't make I mean, enough was, money to survive. Well, yeah, because they went up against the NFL head-to-head. If they'd stayed in the spring, they probably could have lasted for a little while. So, I think that there's some viability to maybe a f- spring league. I just don't know how good the players are going to be. And I think it ultimately all comes back to the football. If the football stinks... I don't want to watch.
1: Fair enough. That's today's business. Matt, good job. Uh, we'll uh, we'll discuss after the show Seth yes. and I whether or not Max is welcome back.
2: Brought to you by Grossman St. Amores, located in downtown Syracuse, Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at CPAs all right,
1: we're gonna take a time out. Uh we'll come back after this. Phone lines are open, three one five four three seven seventy six forty four.